Rory, thanks for coming down. Thank I you. Appreciate you, man. Um, I want to first and start off is how did you actually get into into breathwork and body work? And what were you doing before this sort of journey? Before this journey, I was yeah. actually um, I was a qualified panel beater before okay. uh, that was like where I started. And then I got into landscaping, um, built my own business in landscaping, um, doing like artificial turf, limestone nice. blocks, like brick concreting, paving. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, oh, not so much concreting, but like brick paving, um, limestone blocks, and that sort of stuff. Um, I love like architect design, yeah. so. You're a Freemason. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, then like my journey started, because when I was yeah. in landscaping, I kind of fell into a bit of a dip in with depression and yeah. I had a lot of work going on for me, um, making pretty decent money in that. And then it just kind of all started leaving because I was just not putting any effort into it, just yeah. where I was mentally just wasn't um, a good place. So I kind of um, went down in a pit there, which led me into like my spiritual work and yeah. my spiritual journey. Um, that's when I met uh, Joel and Navar from Brotherhood. Yeah, the Evolved Brotherhood. Yep, they yeah, nice. um, they started doing men's groups, just men's circles every Thursday night that I was attending. Nice. Um, and that's kind of like where that started. Um, and then how I got into body work, um, it was just, actually that's that's an interesting story. I um, As I was doing all this work in, in the Brotherhood, mm. I I kind of wanted to move into like the mentoring and all that sort of stuff, just like working yeah. with people, but I had no idea how I wanted mm -hmm. to work with people. I was a bodybuilder at the time, so yeah. I... What, what, did, what did you weigh with your own bodybuilder? My maximum that I think I ever got to that I weighed on the scales was 101 kilos. Um, Triple digits, man, that's good. Yeah. That body was, fat percentage? Um, I think at that point it would have been around like the 15% body fat that's at a, 101 good, kilos. Yeah. Um, but I would have normally sat anywhere between 90 and 95 at around 8 to 10%. Oh, that, that's yeah. juicy, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was, I, it was actually not that long ago that I went through some of my old photos on yeah. my phone and, you know, wherever mm. else they are, Facebook and stuff. And I saw, like, a few photos. And I was like, fuck, I was pretty big back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of effort went into that. So It's strange seeing the old photos because I did a lot of bodybuilding just, just for fun, like seven days a week seven meals a day, like protein, this immense, like the amount of, for me, I'm like really, I'm a uh, ectomorph. So I got to eat like a huge amount of meals to, to even have any kind of weight and just lift all the time. Yeah. Like, but looking at my old photos and looking at me now, I'm like, wow, like, yeah, I really want to get that body back. But it's just like, it's just such a laborious routine for me to, to get there. Yeah. And I think um, something that I've definitely learned in my journey is just like, there was, there's so much more to life than, than training and, mm. and the size of my body and, and what my body kind of looked like. And, yeah. and that's what the spiritual journey, like that, that mm. journey kind of took me a little bit further away from the gym and really get my, my mind right, my, mm. um, just like my emotions right, like all True. that sort of stuff. Cause I started gym mm. cause I was just not confident and I was terrible with girls. So yeah. I wanted to get in the gym as you do, get confidence, mm. get a big body, get attention. Um, yeah. So that's how that like started. So then when you go through that journey of realizing that there's more to life, I kind of like put um, lifting on the, on the side burner. Yeah. Um, lost a lot of my size, um, which I wasn't like, I'm not obviously, I'm not mad about it. Like it's, yeah. it, it just was a part of my journey and, and I love that. Um, that but, the, but what came with that is I love 
the body. I, I love yeah. working with the body. Um, and that's what led me into remedial massage. I, I was looking at like physio and chiro mm. and all these other modalities that work with the body. But um, there was something that was telling me that remedial and like hands-on mm. um, kind of work was it. So I got into a uh, certificate in my remedial massage therapy. Um, and during that, was when I realized that I had some level of healing capabilities. Nice. Um, every time I got my hands on the students who were in my class, they were falling asleep like that. Really? Like just, they were out. Wow. Um, and I started getting like a lot of feedback from people saying like, I don't know what it is, but as soon as you place your hands on me, like I'm out, like I'm gone, I'm calm, I'm, I'm in a trance and I just, I'm out. It's a lot of um, energies flowing through you yeah like a, yeah. um and and obviously this was confusing me at the time so i was like okay this is really interesting and there, there must be something there um i went back to joel at this time and i was like look this this is coming up um not really sure like what to do with it mm. and then i started doing some some work with him he, nice. he started getting me um like crystals and stuff like he was seeing how i was re re receptive to crystals and, oh, and yeah. all that Can sort of stuff the the yeah i picked it up really quickly Wow. Um, picked it up really quickly and that's when I kind of knew that there was something more than just the body work yeah. so then I kind of went back to my remedial after this whole thing um, mm. I went twice a week so then when I went back I kind of had this whole different perspective of like okay I want to I want to build on this energy mm. healing side of things yeah. um, so I put a lot more effort into that started doing a little bit more research and um, that's when uh, I did healing work for, for a little while, but it was more like um, energy healing. Like Reiki type stuff? Yeah, I did a few Reiki, but um, Reiki seemed at the time to me like boring. Like I didn't, I didn't like sitting there just okay. with my hands on it's people. It's very basic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I tried to incorporate a way that I was doing energy work, but also body work. So I was able to pick up energy really well in someone's mm. body, move it through their body. Wow. Um, while that person was in in a deep like trance so i was able to at the time i had no idea what i was doing how yeah. i was doing it but people were getting into a very very deep trance and i was able to specifically pinpoint all the areas on their body that mm. were most tight um uh, i eventually learned uh, have you ever heard of mama therapy or marma therapy no, I haven't. um it, it's kind of the same as acupressure but it's like the the um the Indian way of okay. the uh, looking at it. Um, so the mama therapy was like pressure points on the body that you press and, and it unlocks energy in certain oh, wow. places and, and it can completely change someone's like mood. So That's interesting. So what do you think causes um, muscle tightness and tension in the body in certain points? Is it pure, purely physical or is it energetical? Oh man, it's definitely energetical. Um, yeah. At first, I thought that like there was this balance between physical, energetical, like en energetic, um, and and other things. But the more and more I learn about it, the more I realize that it's mostly emotional. Like the yeah. the physical body and the pain that comes through our body, tight muscles, yeah. um, lower back pain, neck pain, you know, whatever the case is, mm. is actually the last in line. It's like when we experience certain emotions, traumas and all that, it kind of works through all this um, emotional stuff in your body. And then yeah. the last thing it does is sends pain to specific areas because it's like the last force, 
It's like the yeah. last um, step of like, hey, you're not listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like actually stop you now. And that's when we get like really bad back pain. Mm. And I've been in situations where I haven't been able to get out of bed for like three days because my back was just Lower wrecked. back? Yeah, lower back, yeah. yeah. Um, that was mostly, mostly to do, uh, back then I thought it was to do with landscaping because I was always yeah. like bent over and, and doing things sense. and lifting heavy stuff. So I thought it was just a physical thing. Um, but then obviously soon realizing and, and learning and understanding about the emotional side of things, yeah. I realized that I was holding on to a lot of anger, a lot of rage. Mm. Um, and that came out when I would game. And I was a oh, very good controller. Oh, right. <laughs> so angry, hey, so so angry. Yeah, um, I got that in, in my teens. If I played a video game, something went wrong. I would just like want to snap the controller or smash the TV. Oh, or you just like. yeah. <laughs> I got really angry. Um, obviously, like the older I got, the better I got at suppressing it. And you just like yeah. you just like hold it in. Um, but yeah, when I was younger, throwing controllers, um, mm. punching my console, and yeah. Actually, one of the things that I'll um, that I'll share is I used to actually um, harm myself. Like I would, um, it was it's funny. I'd either like headbutt the desk, yeah. or I'll, like with my fist, I would like knock the front of my head. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, like, because yeah. I just I for some reason but the emotional pain. Yeah, and the physical pain can mask the emotional pain. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah exactly. And. Um, and obviously because I wasn't in a good place in my physical world, mm. when I was not performing well in a, you know, a, a gaming world, a, yeah. um, a virtual reality, I guess, um, it just pissed me off even more True. that I couldn't do good in life and I couldn't do good in the game either. So I just, yeah, I just, I like harm myself. <laughs> it's just like a, just this cycle that you get into. So, yeah. um, so that was my like early experiences with my emotional trauma, very, yeah. very angry. Um, it's interesting with the lower back stuff. So well, what, what, touching on depression as well, when mm. you're working, doing the landscaping sort of stuff and you're quite depressed, what do you think depression is? And what is it used for? Is this like chemicals in the brain that's happened to be some kind of illness or it's some kind of symptom of something greater? Tough question, I know. Yeah, it's a tough question, but it's also like a touchy subject because um, obviously everyone has different perspectives on what depression is for them. Yeah. Whereas what depression was for me was just, it was just me shutting off my emotions, shutting off everyone out of my life, just completely shutting myself down because mm. um, I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, when, so like depression, hang on, I'm just losing my train of thought. I'm just trying to think, just trying to feel into like depression. Yeah, it's definitely a touchy one, but um, but yeah, for me, it was just like, I just completely didn't acknowledge anything that was going on emotionally. And when I was going through like the pit of the depression, probably when I experienced the deepest was like in my early twenties when I was running, had my landscaping business. Mm. Um, a lot of that came from the relationship that I was in at the time. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of uh, deep wounds around needing validation from the feminine, yeah. um, not feeling worthy. So when I didn't have a strong relationship and there was always arguments and always things going on, obviously I blamed myself for that. And I was like, I'm not worthy for the feminine's love. Um, I'm not worthy of love in general. So mm. a lot of that is what led to my depression. And I ended up just getting to a place where instead of trying to, 
instead of trying to deal with it, I just completely shut it off, yeah. um, got into working a lot. So um, I was just working as much as I can, making good money and then yeah. just spending it on things that would distract me. Mm. Um, I got into drifting for a while um, on Barbagella Racetrack. Oh, nice. um, and then if I wasn't doing that, then I was gaming and gaming, I didn't see at the time, but I saw, I see now yeah. that it was like, it was my outlet. It was my yeah. outlet for anger. Um, it was almost like on a very unconscious level, I would be getting on to game to mm. let out all the frustration and anger yeah. that I had in myself. Mm. Um, I relate to that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, even yeah. even, even um, Jimming helps release the anger as well. Yeah. Of big compound deadlift squats, like bench. I noticed when you leave a gym session, you don't feel angry anymore because you just release it all like on the bar. Yeah. And which is a healthier way to you know, express yeah. the anger. But when, for me, when I was gymming every single day, it was, I was angry. I walk in the gym like with a vengeance. I want to just fuck shit up, so I just go to the gym and I feel so much better, just releasing all that anger because I just have so much anger in me from pretty much from four years old onwards since my parents divorce and family disrupts. I notice this suppress, 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 and it's like okay, now I'm a teenager with all this anger with nowhere to put it. So yeah, you get into some very unhealthy patterns and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But all that what you're saying is it's stored in the body. You help release that through massage and also energy work and a combination of your own sort of healing modalities, I suppose. Yeah, um, I, I, I certainly would say that like, I went through a confusing stage with all that sort of stuff because as much as I realized what it was that I was doing, energy healing and, and moving energy through the body and, and helping to completely relax someone to, to such an extent um, mm. that you know they'll come out and they'll be like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> um, yeah. Full altered state. Yeah, literally. Um, at the time, like, I was trying to understand what this was because I was doing it quite naturally without really realizing. Mm. Um, there came actually a time in that as well where a lot of people's energy was jumping onto me. So when I first started energy healing, I got to a point where I became very, very drained. I was like putting a lot of my energy into other people to calm them down, to do all the work that I was doing with no understanding of what it was that I was actually doing. Mm. Um, that I was trans using all my energy instead of you know channeling from the divine or yeah. all this other stuff that I then learned. And it wasn't until I met a um, Reiki practitioner yeah. um, who's been doing it for really long. She just contact me, contacted me for- What's her name? Um, oh. Is it Subra? I don't remember her name to be completely honest with you. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I haven't been very good with names in, the, yeah, in, the, yeah, in my past. Space, it's yeah. something that I'm definitely working on. Um, but yeah, I don't remember her name. I just remember vividly the, the room that we're in, the conversation that we had yeah. um, and, and like the house that we did it at. But she just contacted me for a massage. She heard about me through um, Navar and, and Navar's gym. Nice. And then I rocked up and was just going to do my thing. And then she was just laying on the table and she was like, oh, you're putting a lot of your own energy into, into this. Like, mm. it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful energy and it's a powerful energy, but, um, but you're like using too much of your energy. And I was like, oh, interesting. Didn't really say anything of it. I didn't, I didn't really know what to think of it at yeah. that time. All this stuff was so new to me. Um, and then once we actually had finished the massage, we had like a, I started asking a question. I was like, oh, so what do you mean by that and all this? Because I've been noticing that I, I've only literally right before the massage with her, I just came out of this two week period where I was just like, I did nothing, like absolutely nothing. Cause I was so low of energy. Yeah. 
And then my first client back was her. And she explained to me about, um, you know, protecting your energy, um, learning how to ask for help from, from the divine to like channel through you and, you know, all these yeah. things that she taught me back then that really helped for my journey moving forward. Yeah. Um, it took a long time for me to really understand like the energy work mm. side of things because um, like I said, I was, I was kind of just doing it without really understanding what it was deeply. I didn't, I didn't have any guidance externally yeah. other than Joel and um, actually to be honest, it was probably only just Joel. He was probably the only person that I knew that was in the, the healing side of things who, who had a yeah. general idea. So everything was just like guessing and, and hoping that I was doing it right and, and all the rest of it. But in terms of working with the actual clients, it was obviously definitely working because yeah. the, the feedback that I was getting back was really good. But yeah. So that, that's, I mean, it's amazing. You just le self-taught learning it yourself and using your <laughs> gifts that you've obviously been given or earned over a lifetime possibly. But um, your client's having amazing experiences, but at the same time, you're just emptying your battery. It's like, well, I can't sustain it. Yeah. So what were the keys to actually channeling the energy rather than depleting your own sources? Um, she, so one of the first things she mentioned, so at this time I was barely even spiritual either because, mm. um, or actually even saying that I'm spiritual, that that's something else that we were talking about it before, but even yeah. saying that I'm spiritual is something that, um, I don't necessarily like saying, but it's just the way that we have to say it with the English language. But, yeah. um, you went open to these concepts. Yeah. I wasn't open to the idea of all this sort of stuff and divine energy. I had no idea what that was. I had no mm. idea what the divine was and um, I had no concept of God, I had no concept of healing work, like I, I just mm. had no idea. So. so in your youth, did you have any religious topics in the house or anything like that? Was it all just simple Aussie? No. Where did you grow up? Um, here in okay. Perth, yeah. um, both my parents, just not spiritual at all. Um, the word God wasn't even mentioned yeah. once in our household. There was just absolutely nothing in yeah. terms of what schools did you go to, primary school and high school? Um, in Ellenbrook, um, Ellenbrook Secondary College. Was it pretty rough in high school there? Um, no, and I think the only reason why that is, is when, when that school first opened, it was only open to year sevens. That was okay. it. it was, there was no year above us and there was no year below us. It started okay, off cool. very small and then like each year they opened it up to the mm. next year, next year, and next year until it was year seven to year okay, twelve. Cool. So all the way through my high school years, which wasn't a lot, <laughs> um, that's that's like where I where that's I went, cool. and we didn't we didn't have anyone like yeah. above us, um, so I couldn't say that it was like rough. Mm. Um, obviously, I experienced my own usual high school traumatic experience with women and yeah. and all the rest of it. But I left so early um, that. Uh, I didn't really have... Well, year 10, you left? Year 11? Right at the end of year 9, so I didn't oh, cool. start year 10. So you went straight into um, landscaping, is that right? Uh, panel beating. Panel, oh, panel beating, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and you're a certified apprentice? Yeah, certified, yeah. Really I did cool. it for five and a half years, had like a four-year apprenticeship. Um, but all the... Uh, we, weren't even, we weren't even at the point yet where we were able to do work experience. Um, I actually ended up going to the principal's office and, and, and literally saying like, I hate school. I can't, yeah. I can't do this. It's, it's terrible. And, yeah. I, and I really want to go into um, like working, like working with my hands. Mm. And I loved cars at that time. Obviously, I was, like yeah. I said, I was drifting and stuff. 
um, not at that time, but like I got into drifting. So the idea of like how much I loved cars, so I just wanted to be working on cars. Somehow they let me go and do two weeks work experience. They, right. they allowed it. My parents had to like sign some papers and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, and then I went and did two weeks experience, um, did a really good job. Uh, the guy who owned the panel shop that I did the work experience at was mm. like, we want to offer you a, an apprenticeship. Wow. So if you're able to leave school, then let's yeah. do it. The legal age to leave school was 14 and nine months. Okay. Um, so again, to be able to leave school earlier than that, I think I was like 14, like just, just under the barrier of 14 and okay. nine months. So again, my parents had to sign all these this paperwork. They agreed because they were like, well, school kind of leads you to getting a job anyway. So if you've yeah. already got a job, then, you know. It's even better, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you're good, good with cars, good with machines, and good with humans and energy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can do it all, man. Yeah, I've kind of been all over the place. Just um, realistically, it's, it's almost like my whole life has just been about, you know, where do I fit in? What, mm. what is it that I'm, that I'm here to do? Um, now I look back at it and I, and I see the beauty in that of, mm. you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to find what it is that I'm, I'm here to do. But yeah. in the, during the time, I obviously had no idea what it was that I was doing mm. or really wanted to do. So I was just following what Beautiful. was coming up. But now you've found this energy work and all of a sudden you're open to these spiritual ideas mm. and God and spirit and all this sort of stuff. And how has that journey sort of shaped your beliefs now when it comes to God and energy? And how do you channel and use that in your healing practice? Um... So I, I've, I've kind of just come out of a phase where I actually went away from all of it. So the healing work um, and body work, I kind of moved away from for a little while uh, just because I really needed to focus on my internal world and, and where I was going because it, it hasn't been until quite recent, um, probably in like the last year, that I've really known what it is that I'm here to do and, and how I want to do it and how I want to show up. So, and that's what led to all the, the research that I've been doing on things. Mm. Um, sorry, what was the question again? Um, I was like, how did all the concepts of spirituality and notions of God help you in your energy work and how do you sort of use that um, spiritual force or godly force or divine force in your healing modalities rather than depleting your own energy sources? Yeah, so... Um, I went through what the Reiki practitioner taught me. So she was saying, ask the divine to protect you, um, mm -hmm. to put bubbles around you, to protect your energy. Um, and then like when you've had a day of clients, go home, have a shower. Imagine a shower is like a white light mm -hmm. washing off all the negative energy that you've accumulated. Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff helped a lot. But my idea on energy work, mm. God, and what all that was, I still didn't know. I was like, I was still yeah. in very early stages of even knowing about all of this sort of stuff. So in terms of how that changed in my practice, I wouldn't even say that I had the opportunity to, to really go all out mm. with what I know now in my, with my clients. Mm. Whereas right now, I'm only just kind of coming out of this little cocoon that I've been in of research yeah. and, and really trying to understand who I am, mm. what all this is around us and, and yeah. how it all works. Because um, as I was working with people, the energy work, the body work, there was something missing and I didn't know what that was that it was missing. Uh, okay. A lot of people started um, booking me for body work, mm. which I loved because, I, again, I love working with the body, I love working mm. with people. But after a while, it became 
like I didn't know what I was really doing anymore. I was like, mm. okay, why why am I doing body work? Not 100% sure. Um, so I ended up having quite a big break from mm. it. In that time is when I got into breath work. Um, mm. So I started working with um, a guy, I, I won't mention the name, but like I started working with a guy, we ended up having a fallout afterwards. Um, so I started get. that's when I started getting into the breath work was again, I, I was kind of in this place where I was just like, there's something missing that I'm, I'm yeah. not living my purpose here. There's so much more that I want to be doing to be helping people. I don't want, um, I think what was rolling in my mind was I don't want to just get people on a bed and, you know, massage them. Yeah. It, it just, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was, um, enough. It felt like there was so much more. Yeah. And I could feel myself going back down into that depression of like, mm. okay, now I'm getting no fulfillment in this body work. Um, now my purpose is gone again. I have yeah. no meaning again. And, and I just feel myself like falling down. True. So depression is like a symptom of having no purpose or 100%. not in the correct direction, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's, um, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Um, mm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely not having something to work towards would be something that, that, uh, allows me to fall back into it. Mm. So when that started happening, um, I had a different mentality of it this time and I was just kind of like... <coughs> Excuse um, me, man, sorry. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought yeah, again. That's a good man. <laughs> that was really interesting, man, like this journey that you've been going on. Mm. I know that once you start sort of like doing some deep research and opening doors into certain concepts and ideas, you sort of see your life begins to sort of expand. Yeah. A bit more, you're seeing more opportunities and doing, and then certain things happen to you, like synchronicities or meeting certain people can really trigger you, trigger you again. And um, yeah, I'm really keen to hear about your breathwork side of things, moving out of the, going, or well, not really moving out of Reiki and energy work, but going into breathwork and then combining them. Yeah. Where, where are you sort of at now with your processes with people? Have you found a way to combine those modalities together? Yeah, so with all the research that I've been doing, um, I do research on, like, I, I just, I love quantum physics, um, mm. really understanding where the universe, like, came from, like, how everything kind of came about into existence, because um, I guess the idea of what I'm thinking in terms of that is if I understand where it started then mm. i have a really good idea of where we as humans started so i just mm. i just love trying to un, um do the research and understand humans on a you know body um mind body soul you know yeah. mind body spirit there's, there's multiple ways of saying it but um where i am now is i i understand that what it is that i want to be doing with people is is mentoring just being mm. a guide for people uh to help them get from point A to point B, point A mm -hmm. being wherever it is that they are with what it is that they're experiencing and dealing with and just helping them and guiding them to um, go internal and, and understand themselves so mm -hmm. that they can get to a point where they don't need to pay me for body work, they don't need to pay me for breath work, they don't need to do any of that because yeah. they are able to do that themselves. Um, it, it's, it's empowering people to to want to do the work themselves so that they don't need to keep paying for, for these modalities and stuff. Um, that makes sense, yeah. Mm, so just, yeah, mentoring and, and working with people on that level. That makes sense. So as a mentor, you're sort of helping them in all the avenues of life, whether it's like healing or career or whatever, just help them along the way. Yep. And you're using um, breath work, obviously body work, energy work and meditation. Or What do you sort of, um, if someone was sort of a little bit lost or depressed, like maybe where you were when you were landscaping, 
what sort of practices would you recommend to them to really help them get to know themselves and find that purpose again? I think the biggest one is meditation. I think mm. meditation is definitely one of the biggest ones out there. And, and in very recent understandings, meditation is, in my opinion, from my, from my uh, journey, is mm. probably one of the most important ones. Um, but then you can't just sit someone down and do meditation. They also need to understand the breath. They also need to understand their body. They also need to understand their mind. Mm. Um, the more someone can understand themselves and how, I guess, the human being mm. operates, um, the, the easier it's going to be for them to then step into more of the way that I see it is stepping more into like creation. I want people yeah. to be able to step into creation and not have blockages or anything that's holding them back from stepping into their power because that's where I was exactly like what you said True, yeah. in terms of um, I just wasn't in my power I didn't know what I was doing I had no purpose no meaning mm. so once I slowly started stepping into my power and even now I would say I've still got steps that I'm taking to mm. stepping into my power you know it's, yeah. um, it's a um, it's a scary task especially for a man um, my idea with with mm. men especially is we have a lot of responsibility in terms of leaders and um, showing up as a strong, you know, divine True. man. So that journey is, um, if, if I'm going to help someone to understand that journey and find their purpose, it will be mm. through meditation for meditation. sure. Yeah. Amazing. Well, what do you think is happening to um, the human body, the soul, the, the mechanically or the mentally in meditation? Like, what exactly is it? It's very hard to sort of know what's going on when you're just sitting there doing nothing. You yeah. Know? Um, so with my recent uh, studies and, and practices as well, I've been doing this for, for a little while now, it's, it, in meditation, it's getting to a point of being able to uh, essentially gain access to our subconscious mind. If we can get deep enough into our own being and get to enough stillness, then... Uh, from my experience, we gain access to the subconscious mind. And when we gain access to the subconscious mind, we can start looking at the programs or paradigms that are, that are within our subconscious mind that are holding mm. us back from doing what it is that we want to be doing. And because you're in that position, when you're in a meditative state and, and uh, our brain waves lower, back, lower down to either alpha or uh, theta, mm. We no longer have our analytical mind or what we refer to as our ego getting in our way and sending in voices of like, mm. you know, you're not good enough, you can't do this, like all these voices that are that are part of our subconscious mind. Mm. So when we're in that meditative state and we can get to stillness and quietness and, and our identity doesn't matter anymore, our body doesn't matter anymore, mm. the people in our lives in that moment don't matter anymore, our jobs, our phones, anything that is yeah. in this physical world no longer matters to us. Mm. It's just you and your mind and whatever's there is for me the deepest truth that we have because mm. our, our mind is what um, creates all of this, right? It's the, it's the way that we yeah. manifest our reality. So if we can get to a deep place in meditation um, and most people starting out with meditation are going to experience you know, what most people do, which is those negative thoughts. They're going to sit in meditation, they're going to try and find stillness and then their mind's going to start ticking and it's going to be like, oh, mm. you need to start cooking dinner or, oh, you need, to, you need to message this person. Oh, you needed mm. to do the laundry or you need to do this. And, and all these things start coming up because it's our, it's our ego and our analytical mind trying to prevent us from 
letting go of our identity because yeah. when we let go of our identity, that's equivalent to, to death for mm. our ego. Um, that makes sense, yeah. And we don't want that. Well, the ego doesn't want that. So it's through meditation when we can get to that place of being able to start um, making the unconscious conscious. Mm. And, and then the way I like to see it is start reprogramming the subconscious mind in that state of theta because when we're in theta, I'm, I'm sure you know, uh, we're very, very receptive to information. So the mm. information that we plant in our minds in a deep theta state um, where you can do in two ways. You can do that through meditation or through sleep. Um, it's like inception, yeah. planting the seeds like 100%. deep within the subconscious mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So when, when we meditate, and it's, and it's only through meditation or right before we go to bed, which, which is pretty much the same as a meditation anyways, mm. is the only place that we can really plant those seeds. Yeah. Um, I actually had a talk with one of my mates the other day and we were talking about how you can like plant the seeds without being in meditation or uh, mm. you know falling asleep but that is a lot more difficult to be living your life and and you know just living your life but also being aware of the thoughts that are coming through being able to stop them and mm. and reprogram them while you're trying to live life so if you can find yourself like a quiet space to meditate yeah. or right before you go to bed and you can get into that low theta, then mm. that's probably the most the, the best time that you can you can start actually reprogramming Amazing, yeah. your body. So when you're reprogramming um, the mind or reprogramming yourself, what are some of the things we should be programming or putting in there? Like what seeds should we be planting? Is this like a, t- a, a tool of manifestation or is it something else? Yeah, they, they kind of like manifestation and, and the subconscious is, is kind of, I see it as like the same thing. Mm. So the kind of things that you want to be reprogramming, this is also when it gets difficult because I feel like the only way you know what to reprogram yourself with is if you know what, if you roughly know what it is that you want in your life. Mm. So this is when like planning comes in, um, goal setting. Um, I didn't usually like goal setting, but it's more like, what do you, what do you want for your mm. life? Right, like what is it that you really want for your life? Um, You can start off small, like uh, I want to lose 10 kilos. Um, I want uh, to earn a little bit more money per month. You know, whatever the case is. The funny thing with this sort of stuff is like where a lot of people, where I believe a lot of people become overwhelmed is because when we're in this place and you ask someone, what is it that you want? It's Mm. literally infinite. It's infinite potential of what you want. Like it. Mm. It, it, just, it doesn't stop. It can, you can go on forever of what you want. So it's just getting clear on what you want in your life. And then when the, the paradigm or um, program shows up that, you know, let's say you want to lose 10 kilos, but every time you go to the gym or every time you eat healthy, that voice in your mind comes in and says, why are you eating healthy? You're not going to lose weight. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're a piece of shit. You or, suck. You, know, yeah, yeah. you suck. Like, you're not going to lose the weight. Those voices are the programs that um, essentially come from our childhood or um, we can accumulate it from, from anywhere, really. Mm. Like, it's someone else telling us that we're not good enough. It's quite interesting that um, the human mind defaults to negativity. Mm. You know, like, why are the voices like, yeah, you can do this, but it never happens, right? I think that's because most of us... It's it, like self-hate in a way. Like, where does this self-hate come from? It's a tough one. Because it's, it's a commonality everywhere. People have negative or intrusive thoughts or just doubt themselves and fear is so paramount. It's like, where is this coming from? 
I think it's the times that we've come out of, right? Like mm. we've, we've just come out of um, a very masculine time in our lives, which it called upon protection. It called mm. upon, um, you know, us to protect ourselves because we went through uh, the first world war, which mm. then led to the second world war. And, and during that time of all that happening, this was through, um, uh, I think they're called the Yugas. The, um, the Yugas? Yugas, uh, it's, it's like, so our planet, <laughs> our planet as it's like spinning mm. also kind of wobbles, like it, it's spinning, yes. but, it's, but it's got like wobbles it's and like stuff. Wobble, yeah, yeah. And then it's got, but then it not just have one wobble, it's got a wobble and a wobble in, inside of a wobble, inside of yeah. a wobble. <laughs> it's very complex, but there's a specific one that um, these cycles, are, well, the cycles are about 26 and a half thousand years, um, but each side- Precision of the equinox, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so one side is like the masculine, which we've only just come out of, which is about 12 and a half thousand years. And now yeah. we're at the beginning stages of the feminine. thousand years, wow, that goes back. Yeah, long way. So now we've just kind of walked into a feminine part of that. And I think where this negative part comes from is the fear of needing to protect ourselves through a part of history, you know, mm. World War One, World War Two, that really called upon that type of mentality. We, we, we did have to worry about money. Um, we did have to worry about, um, you know, protecting ourselves and making sure we're safe. So we're, yeah. we're very stuck in this. We just need to be safe. We can't, we have no room to create and manifest and do all these beautiful things that we see a lot of people doing now. We were stuck yeah. in that safety. So that negative talk um, is really associated to fear as we were growing up from the age of one to seven. It's like mm. you couldn't walk up to the, I don't know why this is coming to me, but you couldn't walk up to the edge of the cliff and just be curious of like, hmm, what's down there? Because your parents will probably stop you before you did it. Like, oh, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, or, true, you know, true. you'll go and balance on a beam or do something that was the tiniest bit dangerous and mm. your parents would like protect you and tell sure. you don't do that you can't do that or mm. oh you're just you're gonna you'll fall off and hurt yourself or, or like the word um, no yeah no 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 yeah. exactly so um a lot of what we heard when we were younger is that it's it's no um no you can't do that you'll hurt yourself if you do this you'll mm. find yourself in a bad situation if you do this oh, wow. and i think that's what programmed us of like no you can't do that no you're not good enough to do that mm. or it's too dangerous or it's too risky like all these yeah. train a train of thoughts True, yeah. kind of stems from from that from being told that we can't do things um so that, that's just of like seeking comfort and security yeah, and yeah. yeah exactly so so then if we now talk about trying to reprogram that and and start flicking that switch from um no we can't do it to yes, we can, mm. I see that as going from like a fear state flicking into like creation. Like now it's now it's time for us to figure out what it is that we want in this life, um, overcome our fears and do what it is that we need to do, what we refer to as the work mm. in order to step into the creation of our life. True. Um, and that's where I think the subconscious mind um, plays, a, plays a big role. Um, mm. And when we go a lot deeper into like the subconscious mind, it's like, it's literally the thing that is creating our reality. Wow. The, um, you can almost see it as like the, the cosmic womb is our subconscious mind. Yeah. So any idea you implant in there will manifest in reality. Mm. Whether it's negative or positive. Yeah. Mm. And whether it's unconscious or conscious. Are there limits to that? Like if you were like, 
I, I don't believe. Yeah. I don't believe so. Let's um, say, for example, like I want to be able to levitate this water bottle. Mm. And I just put that idea in my head and just really like believe, you know, like, <laughs> do you reckon that will be a possibility sometime in the future? We're only just starting to learn about all this sort of stuff in quantum physics, but mm. from where I stand right now, from what I've seen and experienced and yeah. all that, 100% yes. Yeah. But what people forget is, um, or what some people forget is that this stuff takes time. Yeah. You can't just be, you just can't sit there in meditation and go, okay, I want to levitate this bottle. And then levitate it. Like it doesn't work like that. It's like the way that belief patterns work is you don't just have to believe that you can lift that bottle. It's almost like you know you can levitate that bottle. And to get Mm. a human to a place where they know something so deeply that it's just so embedded in their being, then they can do it. Um, mm. So there's plenty of videos out there of people who create fire in their hands or yeah. you know, that sort of Although stuff. Or the Chi masters who like, and the paper starts moving. And yeah, like exactly. That. Like stuff, stuff yeah. like that takes a long time because what you're actually trying to break more than anything is your belief. It's the belief yeah. that you can do it in the first place. The tough, because our whole environment, all, all the science and all of our upbringing is based on um, seeing, experiencing, and then believing. Because like, mm. you give me the studies on it, I do the research on it, then I'm like, oh, that is true because I, I've proven it, replicated it. But in order for someone to believe they can levitate the bottle, they have to see it being done before they believe it. But mm. it's just like, well, in spiritual terms, it's the other way around where you need to believe it before seeing it or believe without seeing for it to happen, yeah. which is a total paradox from what we've grown up with. And so how do you break that? Obviously, it takes a lot of time. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and another thing is um, because of where most of us are stuck in, in our belief patterns, if we see someone levitate mm. a water bottle or light a piece of paper on fire. Demons. <laughs> or yeah, we just, we're just like, oh no, that person's special. Mm. He, he must be special. He's the only one who, can, yeah, who can do that. They don't then believe that they can do that. Mm. Um, it's not until a much larger community of people can do it that they're like, oh, more and more people are able to do this. Mm. Maybe, maybe I can do this. Like Wim Hof uh, in a way. Yeah, like Wim Hof, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, his, his journey literally did that. People were like, no, only Wim Hof can do that. He's the ice man. It's why he can do that. Yeah. But now we're seeing how many people are having ice baths these days. Yeah, yeah. It's like now everyone understands and believes the power of controlling your breath and, and all the rest of it that comes mm. with being able to sit in cold temperatures for a long time mm. without your core temperature dropping too dangerously low. That's insane because it's almost unscientific in a way. Mm. Controlling his breath and controlling his mind is now changing his reality of his, of his body. Mm. So you can sit in, complete, in a complete ice bath and it's almost null and void. His skin temperature didn't, didn't even drop. Mm. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, wow, how the hell is he doing it? He's literally breaking down the fabric of reality mm. in, in a sense. Yep. It's insane. It's alchemy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah. That's something that I really want to get into. But yeah, mm. it, it's just, it's, it's playing around with the chemicals and it's quite literally alchemy. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard of um, Qigong masters having like liquids or medicines and they could put their hand over it and remove the alcohol or wow. remove the substance or do that. And I'm like, whoa, that's really, mm. really intense. But it's almost like similar thing with Wim Hof where he got like um, E. coli injected into his veins mm. without having any reaction at all. And then he trained 12 of his students to do the same thing. And they did it. It's just like, wow, it's incredible. And then you think about COVID, for example, and all the fear around that. So if he got E. coli injected into his system, if you don't believe that you can handle a virus, you don't need a vaccine or anything mm. like that. You can just do it with just like the power of your mind and thoughts. 100%. And, and, and it starts with a belief pattern, right? And mm. it's like people, most people who believe that they don't get sick often don't get sick often. Yeah. But people who believe that they're prone to sickness and, oh, every cold that comes around in the winter, I always get it. 
yeah. you're going to get it every winter. Yeah. It's hard to feel sorry for them, isn't it? it <laughs> in a way, yeah, but at the same time, it's just, it's, it's, it's deploying empathy of the fact that mm. it, it's just the times that we've True. been through, you know, we've, we've yeah. been made to believe that um, we aren't as powerful as what we, mm. what we truly are. That's true, man. Mm. Yeah. I like that empathy. I often mm. forget sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard, like, yeah, pretty yeah. funny. But anyway, man, um, so where's the journey heading to next? As far as um, where do you believe this is all going for you and in your work and, and what you're actually doing and building? Um, so for me, I want to start working with people um, with, with the new knowledge that I've attained. Um, mm. I've got to be careful with it, though, because um, obviously I'm someone who I will never teach anyone I haven't yet experienced myself. Like I always want to embody what it is that I'm teaching sure. and understand it deeply to, to the point of a knowing before I go and teach people. So in terms of like reading a book and being like, oh, this is really cool information and then like jumping on social media and talking about it or whatever, yeah. I try and refrain from saying that. We're actually talking about it before saying like, yeah. I haven't posted content for a long time because I've been going through a journey of really trying to like yeah. understand things before I get it out there. That makes sense. Mm. Mm. So where I'm going now is I wanna, I wanna guide and, and mentor mostly men um, mm. I can work with women as well, but um, I really think women should work with women um, mm. just because of their cycles and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's, it's hard, even though I can have a very deep knowledge and, and do on the women's cycles and their body and their understanding of things, it's still very odd when a man starts talking about cycles and... We've never experienced it. Exactly, because yeah. I... You know, I say I want to embody things before I teach it. That's yeah. something that I just, I can't, can't embody. <laughs> I just can't do it. So no, these days, you can identify the woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, no, but I understand completely. Yeah, yeah so, um, so I do have, like, knowledge on that. So I will mentor uh, women if they feel safe enough to, yeah. to, to work with me in that way. But in the end, I'll always say, like, look, it is, it is probably recommended that you get, like, a woman coach yeah. um, that, that understands this sort of stuff. Uh, but in terms of what I want to do is I want to work with mostly men, mentoring mm. them, um, helping them overcome their fears, helping them step back into their power, gain their power back, yeah. um, step into their leadership, step into their power, um, understand what they are, mm. not just energetically, but what they are like physically, what they are um, spiritually, what they're, what they're actually capable of through not just what mm. we can do tangibly, but like the science as well. Like I'm trying to bring the science in with the spiritual and kind of like meet them in the middle so that mm. we have a logical understanding of what's happening and, and why it's happening. Um, and then also the spiritual, which is something that we can't really, we can't really talk about it with science because when you go really spiritual, it's like, well, how's science gonna prove that? It's True. basically borderline miracles mm. <laughs> sometimes. That's the thing, it's almost like we label things as miracles until we catch up. Mm. I believe spirituality is a science because as above, so below. There's obviously laws that govern the whole universe, not just the th third dimension. There's five-dimensional laws. And yeah, goes, that's actually on. a really good point. Yeah, it's yeah. um, we are we are actually starting to catch up with mm. with miracles and, and starting to understand it mathematically, mm. um, uh, geo uh, ge geometrically. <laughs> um, mm. 
like we're, we're really starting to to get the science that that makes sense and, and i think that is coming with like the rays of consciousness of yeah. the planet like the more we are naturally raising as consciousness the more we're able to actually bring that information in and, and mm. understand it to some degree so um those changes of of the consciousness have definitely helped us grow a lot um but yeah wow that's incredible man and on this journey for yourself have you had any experiences that are sort of noteworthy whether it's in dreams or astral projection or spiritual happenings or certain things you just can't explain that have sort of guided you or just given you some kind of immense experience yeah definitely i've, I've actually had quite a few um i wouldn't even be able to like recall most of them but um one of the most one of the, a real powerful one i had not long ago actually i was um one of the things i like to do in my spare time is sit out in the sun completely naked and just eat the sun. Vitamin D, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I was sitting out in the sun one day and I was just kind of just like taking in the sun, just full gratitude. Like, mm. you know, as you know, when, when our emotion is high, when we're experiencing high vibrational emotions like gratitude, love, whatever it is, yeah. we, we kind of tap into high levels of consciousness. So I was just sitting there in absolute bliss and absolute um, gratitude. And I kind of got to this place where I was just in in nothingness like i was just completely still in complete mm. nothingness um but this is the first time in that moment because i've obviously done a lot of meditation where i found stillness and um and gotten really quiet to the point where i couldn't feel my body i, I didn't have an identity like i didn't have all these things but this time i was in this blackness and what appeared in the blackness was my awareness mm. so you were aware of your own awareness yeah, I was aware of the stillness. And when I became aware of this stillness, I was kind of just in this space of like complete um, blackness, I guess you could call it, uh, the void in, in a way. Mm. And I had this awareness. I was like, wow, this is a really interesting like experience. I haven't had this before in meditation. Um, and then it kind of, for some reason, it clicked with to me and I was like, okay, well, now that I'm here, I should probably ask a question. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so I was like, What's my soul purpose? What's my soul's purpose? And immediately, immediately as I said that, it just, it was almost like uh, like a vortex of light. Like it was just like taking me somewhere. Wow. Um, and then it started, for me, so other people, people experience things differently, right? Some people might see really vivid images. Um, mm. Some people get a feeling. Some people hear voices. Mm. Um, some people have like, you know, actual beings come and tell them things. Like there's so many different ways that this happened, but it was more of like a feeling for me. And whatever happens, I haven't fully conceptualized what happens when like our soul is born, I guess. Like I haven't like fully conceptualized that, but mm. I was taken to the birth of my soul. Wow. And I felt the intention behind when I was birthed. So, um, I, I was going to go into that, but I will explain that later. That's but um, conception, right? You're, yeah, you're witnessing your own conception. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. And um, and and back then, and and also in Egyptian mystery schools, there wasn't really a birth that took place that just happened. Like a, a, a husband wife have sex, yeah. have a baby. Um, it didn't really happen like that back then. It was very planned, and there was like intention behind this conception, child, um, yeah. even to the point of, have you heard of immaculate conception? Um, I, I have heard of that, yeah. like the sort of like Jesus sort of stuff. Yeah. But in the Lost Gospel of Philip, they talk about 
the, um, the tantric union and in that state of bliss really having a real intention on the child you're bringing in mm. and creating that energy for the conception of a greater soul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then these beings would usually, um, you know, become kings, become pharaohs, because their intention was that. That's yeah, this, this, this is what you're literally being born for, is to, is yeah. to be this, to carry on a family legacy, to do this, to do that. Um, mm. Whereas we've kind of like lost that in yeah. these times. Um, but anyways, I was taken to the birth of my soul and I felt the intention behind my birth. Um, and this, and I was in a time where earth wasn't a thing, you know. Is it this life or this is going way back? This is right back to the birth oh, okay. of my, my, okay. my soul. Like okay, this is going way thousands back. and thousands and thousands of lifetimes ago. Mm. Um, right at the very beginning of my very first lifetime. Okay. And it was a time where like planet earth wasn't a thing. There wasn't too much physical matter. It was at the beginning stages of only just starting to create matter. And the, the intention behind the birth of my soul was to be a leader for the other, I don't know how to really explain it, but they were like, there was like there were other cells that were beings, souls, that were trying to form physical matter. It was like the whole geometric practice of creating matter. Yeah. And my, the intention of my soul's birth was to um, guide the others on how to create physical matter through geometry and all that sort of stuff. Okay. So I've had this ridiculous experience and I came out of it. Um, my partner Jasmine was uh, sitting next to me and I was just like, I just got taken to the birth of my soul, like mm. the birth of my soul. And then I went and, and sat with it for a little while, meditated just to like kind of be with it because it's something that's quite big when you experience yeah. something like that. Because, um, I'm sure you've had experiences where in your mind something can feel more real than us sitting here right now having this conversation. Definitely. We can yeah. have really, really realistic experiences that feel much more real than this normal reality. Mm. And that's what that felt for me. And then I kind of sat there and I thought about it and I was like, all this stuff that I've been just naturally gravitated towards, researching, looking into um, the documentaries that I watch, the, mm. everything that I study and, and have been studying has all led to creation. Uh, the manifestation of, of physical reality. So obviously, as you can imagine, when I've been taken back to the intention of my soul and what my soul's purpose is, I felt that come through in this lifetime and that's where this new birth of purpose and this new birth of meaning in my life has come from recently in the last couple of months of like, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to guide people to how to take them from point A, wherever it is that they are, and help them understand how to create the reality that they want, no matter what that is. Because Okay. So you're like, um, the birth of your soul at a time where there was creator gods who were helping create matter and planets and stuff like that on a third dimensional reality. Yeah. You're sort of helping them build physical matter in that world. But now you're sort of still helping people create what they want in this world of matter, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, a guide, or yeah, cre of course. A creational guide or something like that. Yep. I can't think of a label for it, but you know. Yeah, yeah. but obviously we're, we're a lot further in the evolution process where we have planets, we have buildings, we have cars, like our evolution is well, well advanced. Mm. So being in this lifetime, what creating physical matter looked like back then mm. compared to what it would look like now, it's like now it's more, it, it's seen more as, um, physically manifesting whatever mm -hmm. the reality is that you want. Sure. Um, so being able to know how to go from point A, 
wherever that is that you are, to point B, understanding how to manifest, understanding how to change the matter around you. And I don't mean like change water into wine, even mm. though I believe that that is something that a human being can do. Mm. I'm definitely not there yet, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's no, definitely no. something we can do with enough practice and understanding. So it's just helping people get to a place of being able to create the reality that they want and help them understand that they do not have to be living the reality that they're living now. Mm. Um, if you're unhappy with your reality, without coming off too harsh, we are the only ones to blame if we mm. don't like our reality um, because we are literally the ones manifesting it. And the reason why we're manifesting things we don't want is because of the influence of people around us mm. um, and, and just not having the understanding of how to create the reality that you want true and and yeah. what goes into that in terms of subconscious mind the void meditation mm. all that sort of stuff I, I agree with you actually we're all to blame for our own creations but when it comes to like seven billion of us obviously our ancestry as well when we're born into a certain environment how much control do we have over our environment is it a hundred percent or is it sort of like oh wait i have to sort of um transmute or repair previous damages done so, so to speak, through the sins of the fathers or what we've been born into? Or do we create this whole thing subconsciously in our minds, including the economy and the governmental systems and the corruption and that sort of stuff? Um, well, as a collective, mm. um, we have established where we are right now. So yeah. um, I find it interesting when I see people yelling at the government um, going to these these big walks through the, the city. I've actually got a story about that as well. We, we went to one of them and I think I was there for 10 minutes. I was like, this isn't it. But- um, Same, I went to the um, protest and was left in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Garbage. It just, it, was, it just wasn't it energetically. But um, as a collective consciousness, we have established where we are at now, the governments, where they are and all this sort of stuff. So when I see people yelling at the governments and, and blaming the governments for where we are or anyone else for that matter of where we are right now, I kind of just sit back and observe that and I'm like, well, we are only where we are because our collective consciousness is taking us there. We're letting these leaders mm. do what they're doing. Um, they have no power over us, you know, mm. realistically, when you yeah. really, really look at it, they have no power over us. Um, but if you believe they do, then they do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas that's where most people are, and um, mm. and, and and not not to not to attack anybody, but when we went through the the, the whole COVID thing, mm. um, even when we're told to wear masks and you know we had to get the jab and all that sort of stuff, like I just stayed completely away from any of it. I still went to the shops without a mask and, and all that sort of stuff. So we do have the ability to go yeah. against what they say. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. But I had a mask in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. Because you got to pick your battles sometimes. Like, yeah. More often than not, I'll go to the shops and I'll be fine. But every now and then someone would look at me and I get a certain look and someone's like, excuse me, mm. where are your masks? I'm like, oh, I don't wear a mask, sorry. Yeah. And they're like, they should give me one. They, yeah. they hand you a mask, I'm on the down low. Yeah. So, okay, fair yeah. enough. I'll just end up in a Woolworths again. But Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that happened to me as well. And But then it's like, when they say like, oh, here, and it's like, oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't wear one. It's not that yeah. I don't have one and yeah. I need one. <laughs> I just mm. don't wear them. And then they go, oh, well, we can't let you in. I'm like, okay, no worries. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. I, I was completely understanding that my decisions would mm. have consequences because of the, the rules and yeah. what was laid out for us. So I just did the best of what best I could. Um, what I did find was sad was I had people who would go to the shops without wearing a mask, but being antagonistic in a way, mm. sort of like no one's talking what to do and someone's to get a mask, I don't wear one. And they get aggressive, it's like, don't do that. Mm. Don't get aggressive, don't yell, don't abuse people. Like, 
because you're just adding to the problem and making them stronger to come back at you. So yeah. it was a tough line to pull. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah as long as, I think as long as you're coming from a place of like love and, um, and empathy, like, like I said, if someone told me that I can't be in their shop because I don't have a mask, I just respect that that's yeah. what they want and I'd go somewhere else. And, and if it came to the point where I couldn't get what I wanted, the food that I needed, whatever, then, you know, there's, there's all, for me, I always saw it as there's alternatives. Like I can yeah. order, you know, Uber even has a grocery thing on there now. You can order your groceries on, on the, online. Like there's, there was ways around it and I learned that quite quickly. Mm. Um, but in terms of where we are yeah. as a society, we have collectively, with our consciousness, created that. Um, I do believe that each individual has the capacity uh, capabilities of mm. creating the re any reality that they want, no matter what that looks like to them. It, mm. it, it literally goes as far as their wildest imagination. Whatever they can create in their mind, they can have in the physical reality. Yeah. Um, I think just where a lot of people get lost is um, what we're able to create in our mind, in mm. our imagination, is operating on a different dimension to what this is. So yeah. this is time and space, meaning if I want to get up and walk to the other side of the room, that takes time because I've got to move through space. Mm. Whereas when we are um, imagining something in our mind, we're operating in a different dimension where there is no time. We can mm. go from, and it's the same as dreams. Like if you've ever had a dream, you could be in one place one minute and then like, I don't know, fall into a swimming pool or anything can happen and yeah. you're just in a different place straight From away. From dream to dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've had dreams where I've had two dreams at the same time. Yeah. And aware of both. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Exactly. And so you're like kind of flicking between the two. No, two at the same time. Like Jeez. split screen. I could, <laughs> I could not imagine what that would be like. It's insane. Wow. It happens when people astral project where they have a psyche split. Mm. Your psyche will split. You'll be in your astral body and in your physical body at the same time. Wow. People have sleep paralysis is when they're in their body and it's paralyzed but their consciousness isn't powerful enough to pull the memories from the astral body into their physical body. Wow. So they experience a paralysis. And then when they come back in their body, they can freak out a bit because it's like a... Yeah, yeah. 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 Know, but a lot more to it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it does prove your point where there's, it's a different dimension, completely no space, no time. It's just many happenings yeah. all at the same time. Um, and just what I find curious about that is that we just, we just label it as it's a dream. It just... Mm we're human beings and it just happens, I couldn't accept that. <laughs> I was like, there yeah. has to be a reason why we dream. Like, what, what, the, what the hell is dreaming? There has to be something beyond what we understand. Mm. Um, and that's when I started like researching into the different dimensions and all that sort of stuff. So what we can create in our mind with imagination, we yeah. can create that in our physical reality. Quite mm. literally, whatever that looks like, right. um, we can have. Um, but it just takes time. It, yeah. and, and the bigger your imagination, um, the longer it's going to take. But then adding on top of that, the more vivid you can make your imagination mm. and the higher you raise your vibration, the quicker it will find its way into your life. True. I've actually had a similar thing with manifestation. I try to manifest certain things for myself, which have all come, have all come to fruition, funnily enough. But I did realize if I made too big of a jump, it wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Or it would, it would take a longer, longer period of time. And I just realized, I'm like, wow, because my goal was... 900 bucks a week after tax, and it was 1100 and it was 1500 four grand a fortnight. And have all those things come to pass. With the four grand one, it took like eight or nine months to mm. get there. And I was like, what the hell? I, just, I didn't believe it. I was like, that's not going to work. And then I, I started pulling back and making different plans. But 
it got there, but I couldn't hold it. Mm. But I went back to the 1100 bucks uh, $1, a week after tax for two days a week, which I got exactly. And I found out that I was being underpaid by the company I was at for what, I, what, what role I was in. And everyone was complaining about it. And I was like, I can't complain. Yeah. Because I set that goal and I hit that goal. And now the universe says, you're being underpaid and I'm going to blame her. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, which yeah. I found it quite funny at the time. Like, wow, I've really shot myself short <laughs> yeah. here, right? But um, it's interesting. But I haven't really... My next step for me is manifesting a house, mm-hmm. like a home of my own. And I, in my head, I'm like, oh, you need a mortgage. You need, you need this. You need all these different things. And I'm like, stop doing that. I'm putting limits on everything because anything can appear in your life in any way, any shape or form. Yep. But those limiting beliefs is, is when it comes to manifestation. And I know a lot of friends of mine or my family members who aren't really in this sort of scope of research, rather than labeling it spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Um, like they're like, oh, I'm going to win a lot. I'm going to get a million dollars. I'm going to get $10 million. I'm going to do all these things. I'm like, how can you be struggling your whole entire life mm-hmm. to holding $30 million. Mm-hmm. Like that jump is so massive mm-hmm. but you can't possibly believe that you can hold that. Yeah. I'm just like, just start with two grand. Yep. Start with a, a feather, like manifest a feather first. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. But people want to make this huge jump to 10 million overnight. Yeah. Is, yeah. Maybe you can do it, but I, I'd suggest this. They say it's, yeah. um, it, it heavily comes down to the emotion that mm. comes with it. So this now goes into like the subconscious mind. When we put information into our subconscious mind, mm. the subconscious mind, because it, um, how do I say this? It's like, so the subconscious mind is like a, a feminine energy, whereas mm. our conscious mind is a very masculine energy. Yeah. When you go deep into the feminine, um, uh, the, the feminine energy, it, mm. it heavily relates to emotions. So when we put information into the subconscious mind, if it doesn't have emotion attached to it, the subconscious mind just won't, really? it, won't it won't even be able to understand it because yeah. it doesn't understand things in words it understands things in emotion so when if you want something in your life you have to have some level of emotion attached to it mm. now if we're operating in a lower vibration because we're fearful we're in lack we're in scarcity um whatever reason we're in lower vibration it takes a lot longer for what we want in our life to appear because we're operating mm. in a lower vibration. And when we ask our subconscious for something, most of the time, the no. stuff that's already <laughs> operating, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like, no, it, it's literally, there's a gatekeeper, right? There's a yeah. gatekeeper that's like, is this worthy of, of coming into the subconscious? So you really mm. have to be doing subconscious work consciously. Which is meditation. Which right? is through meditation. And, and again, like I said, you can do it through through sleep as well, leading more into the, um, so what, the area. What's the art of getting emotion into the thing that you want? when you're in the deep meditative, meditative state, is it? Connecting to your emotions. Yeah. Um, Could it be anger? Could it be excitement? Could it, what, is there any particular emotion that, that's best to hold that thing? Yeah, so you want like higher vibrational um, emotions yeah. to be able to make things happen faster. Um, yeah. You wouldn't be able to use a lower vibration like anger or mm. hatred or, uh, you know, uh, am I allowed to swear on this, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, you can't be like, oh, fuck you, subconscious. Give me a fucking million dollars, for fuck's sake. Like, just yeah. bring it into my fucking life. Yeah, <laughs> I need yeah. it. Then you're just telling the, the, the your subconscious or mm. the universe, however you want to look at it, that you aren't at a high enough vibration to even receive that because, yeah. let's just say, even if you did, you're not really going to know what True. to do with it. You're just going to spend it. They say, like, the way that money operates is it's like, if, if everyone wants to be given a million dollars, right? Every single person on the planet get a million dollars, within a year or two, it will all end up in the exact same pockets as where we started. Mm. Because
because it's designed that way. It's a big machine. It is. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's more the people who are vibrating lower. They they're going to spend their money on things like oh, I've got a million dollars. I'm going to go and buy a house. I'm going to go and buy a fancy car. I'm going to mm -hmm. you know. And and uh, there's many stories of people who have won big money in lotto and they've gone and spent it on drugs and cocaine, hookers and yeah. cocaine, like all this sort of stuff. And they've just ended up straight back to where they were. And that's mm -hmm. the idea of the subconscious mind. Even though you're given a million dollars, it's still running on a program that mm -hmm. manifests into your life. Yeah. So if you want something to manifest into your life through the subconscious mind, which can also be seen as the womb, mm. um, then you have to have a higher vibration to it. And those sort of vibrations are like um, joy, enthusiasm, gratitude's mm. a big one, love. Um, you can also use sex. So like the, the physical yeah, feeling of sex to so like create. During sex, you can manifest at the same time. Quite literally, yeah. Um, and, and if you have a conscious relationship, it's funny because... Can you like manifest with the partner? Like you have one intention together, so, so to speak? I'll talk on this, but this is something that both me and my partner are actually playing around with at the moment. Nice. Um, you can, um, and, and it's kind of done through the, the feminine's womb, so the, obviously okay. the, the feminine of the partnership. Um, it's more through like her womb. Mm. But yeah, with intention, with a lot of consciousness, you can use physical sex because it's such a high vibration, especially mm. orgasm and all that sort of stuff. It's such yeah. a high vibrating feeling that you can actually manifest things yeah. a lot easier. Um, whereas mm. if you're in a relationship and you resent each other, oh, you, true, yeah. you, you're triggered by each other. You just and manifest more of that. You just manifest more of that. And then when you mm. actually come together in like a sexual union, you're, you're just fucking each other rather than yeah. making love or intentionally creating a life together yeah. or you know creation that makes sense yeah mm. so it needs to be with high vibration and, and if that's something that you're not exactly capable of doing mm. that's when the work comes in because we need to clear the fear that's preventing you from being able to use things like gratitude um, joy love mm. like all those sort of things so, so fear stands between us and those higher emotions essentially Essentially, yeah, because it's like we can't experience love if we don't love ourselves. And the reason why we can't love ourselves would be because we've been made to believe that we're not worthy of love for whatever reason that is through our childhood of however our parents were with us, our uncles, aunties, yeah. grandmothers. It's how we integrate yeah. happening with us. Both. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. So do you focus on... Let's say this is what I want, and this is like fear in the middle. Do we focus on removing the fear? Or do we focus on the thing that we want, and that disappears in the process? Or is there a certain methodology for? Because doubt and fear is one of those things that come up for me all the time. I mm. think doubt would be the main thing, where you just doubt yourself, you doubt your beliefs, doubt your dreams, you doubt whatever it is. Because doubt is pretty much fear, essentially, right? Mm. So how do we get that out of the way? Or what's the process that you've sort of found? Or so one, I would say. Most of our fears, mm. we're unconscious of. It's it's just operating within our unconscious and and like subconscious part of our mind. Mm. So it we are we are at the age now where we're operating under full patterns and they just keep replaying in our life. So even yeah. though you go through like what we refer to as motivation, and mm. you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Mm. Um, if you don't understand what's happening subconsciously. 
as soon as you hit something that drops your vibration lower, like just one thing doesn't go the way yeah, that you, you want suck, it to, dude. yeah, straight away you're, you're going to go back into the old pattern and that thing that you wanted isn't going to come in. You're, you're literally just going to go back to the old life. Mm. So if you want something, this is why I believe that there's a big gap of being educated on the subconscious mind and how the human mind and how the human body actually operates mm. so that when we come to the the thing that stops us in our path towards where we want to go yeah. we can see it in a different perspective and go oh i can't let this slow me down mm. i just have to work through it because this is simply like a gateway that mm. just needs to be understood so then i know how to open it up and and walk through with ease rather than coming to the gate and going, ah, fuck, it's locked, and <laughs> walking away. True, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, new um, beliefs. And do you believe, like, how you perceive yourself, even by the way you think you look, just like you're a bodybuilder, for example, if, if you genuinely believed you looked a certain way, or you sort of believed that you had so much doubt in your own appearance or your own abilities, you would actually experience that in your life. Yeah, 100%. So you could yeah. change your memory, change your skills, change the way you look, change how much muscles on your body, without just by your beliefs alone. Mm. Do you reckon you could, that, that's yeah. possible as well? It's been proven. So um, there's been studies that have been conducted where they had two groups of people. One group of people actually lifted weights and, and, and ate good food and all the rest of it. Mm. The other people just visualized lifting weights. Like mm. they just visualized lifting it and eating good food. And they, were, they saw that uh, the people who visualized were the same if not had better results than the people actually lifting that's the crazy, weights. Man. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But, there's, there's, but that's just one example of, of what's possible. There is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of studies mm. that have shown this, that through our yeah. mind alone, we can change our, our entire biology, yeah. our psychology. Like We can change everything about crazy, ourselves yeah. with just thought alone. I might get a little screen inside my mind, a little pocket, and just me lifting weights 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, well, there's this guy on social media that I, that I follow, um, and, and he actually came out and said that he does that, that, that people were like, oh, all you do is um, travel the world on your private jet and do this and do that. How do you keep your body in shape? Well, this, he, is, this is Andrew Tate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't usually like using names, but yeah, it is Andrew Tate, and, and he was like, um, he was like, I fucking, I lift weights in my, in my dreams. And then he, he went into this whole thing of like, yeah. I lose a dream, like I consciously lose a dream and, and I lift weights in my dream. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, I could see how that would work because yeah. I, through my own experiences and my own practices, I can see how that sort of stuff can, yeah. can play out in reality. So mm. where I'm at now is I'm, I'm playing with all this sort of stuff because yeah. I'm, I'm very curious of it. I'm very intrigued of how powerful the mind is and, and I don't know how much you know about um, like her, you know the seven hermetic laws yeah yeah um, going into all that sort of stuff you know the universe it's all energy, is mind. It's all vibration it's all mental yeah yeah it's all mental so when we understand that the and another thing is we we get stuck on the brain like the actual physical brain that's in our skull mm. compared to the mind like the yeah. mind is something very different to the the, the brain um, mm. The brain is more like a transmitter, whereas the mind, it can, it can decide what yeah. what you want for your life well, without everything else. That's yeah, so true. I feel like the mind's almost everything. Mm. Like if you're looking out into the stars, all of a sudden those stars are your neurons as well. Yeah. Like it's all just whatever you can perceive that is that becomes your mind, 
And um, that's why it's so important to have whatever you have in your environment, you begin to model. Mm-hmm. Like I'm be modeling you now, and you're probably modeling me, or whoever you spend time with, you just model automatically. Because that person is not actually in front of you, they're actually inside of your mind. Yeah. And the brain is just like a, a point of perception, so to speak, like a little funnel or focusing point. Yep. It's a trip. It's interesting as well, because when you go into that sort of stuff, it's like right now, you as a, as a human being or mm-hmm. a being, you have an electromagnetic field around you. It, mm-hmm. it can be small around your body, depending yeah. on how much of the physical world you focus on, or it can be quite large, up mm-hmm. to like nine feet long. Wow. So, um, and then, then there's some monks and stuff that goes 25 feet, like this, this electromagnetic field that can be seen with wow. our technology that we have this huge field around us. Mm. Within that field is information. So with us sitting right here in front of yeah. each other, the information that's in your field is now in my field. And the information that's in my field is now in your field because we are sitting, we, they say when, when two people connect like yeah. we are, you form a third field that surrounds both of you. And that's yeah. kind of like the information that floats around. So the, when they say um, the, the five people that you hang around most is who you become, it, it's, it's literally, it's not kind of, it's literally. The people you spend time around with, you will literally become. So wow. you have to be very careful with who you spend your time with. Mm. Um, you have to be very careful with information that you bring in, um, the music you're listening to, the, yeah. the, the radio stations, what they say, because it's all information. It's all energy, it's all information. Everything that goes in any of your five senses goes into your being and, and it affects you in, in one way or another. The mm. words that go into your ears, the smells that go into your nose, the, the what your eyes see, like all mm. of it affects it all. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, so true. It's it's, it's very deep and, and powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It is. I, mean, I, I love this kind of stuff, to be mm-hmm. honest. But um, I always talk about that thing, like, or who you hang around with, is who you become. And I spent a lot of time like uh, working in mental health and working in these sort of sectors, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> Am I in the wrong industry? <laughs> like, but then I was like, no, nah, I've got to have a, a, you know, some discernment and detachment between like work of service and also people that you bring into your circle. But there was a period of time where I was like, yeah, tripping out about, about, about that. Like, uh, am, I, am I choosing to go into certain places where I'm putting myself in energetic danger or it's an act of service or love? So I was just overthinking. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I did do, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's when the power of the mind comes in, right? Because yeah. like if... If you're in control, like if you're in control of your mind, mm. then when you step into an environment that maybe is a little bit lower energy, and you know mm. you're, you're in a group of people that are uh, talking crap about other people, and that's mm. low vibrational. Um, even if you did stand in that and hearing that, you can still choose whether that information yeah. reaches your subconscious mind and and whatnot, or you mm. can be like, hey guys, I'm not interested in this conversation. I'm going to head out for a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and you're in control of that. Mm. Um, I guess just why most people don't leave the situation is because then they might not be loved by those five people. Yeah, so that's where it gets difficult. And stuff like that. That's when it gets difficult because all we want as humans is to be loved, to be seen, to be heard. Mm. And, um, and anything that jeopardizes that, we find it very difficult to do. So in, in, in order to get in control of your mind and let go of everything that's causing you um, 
uh, your being any kind of harm, it's mm -hmm. very difficult to face and, and go through because you're going to have to do some things that are that are difficult, like letting mm -hmm. go of your friends, letting go of the relationship that's unhealthy for you, yeah. letting go of certain things that are not mm -hmm. going to be easy to let go of, especially as humans, we like to attach to things and yeah. this is mine. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I feel like the more you go down this journey of like healing and stuff like that, you pick up so many things like, whoa, like anxious, anxious attachment styles and things like that. I'm like, oh shit, that's actually me. But I'm, I, I, you can recognize those attachments you have in your own in your own being, but you don't want to identify with them as well. But sometimes I identify with them, identify with the healing journey and all this trauma, so to speak, of growing up and stuff like that. I get lost in it. Mm. I'm like, I'm forgetting that I'm also divine. I can allow myself in meditation to become completely clear and reprogram myself rather than trying to find trauma to heal and fix all the time. Mm. That was for me because I do get I do get fixated on one thing and I can get tunnel vision where mm. I just go full into healing. I'm like, no, I'm gonna go full into meditation, but. Mm. In reality, finding balance between, between the two and um, alignment within myself was a, a really big struggle to, to take on um, because you just don't want to get stuck in that cycle of I need to be healed, I need to be healed, mm. I need to be healed when there's parts of us that are already healed in those higher states of meditation or yep. whatever, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, 100%. It's amazing, bro. Thanks for coming down, man. Thank you for inviting me.